Welcome to AM. My name is Richard Conway, and this is the platform for age group multi-sport athletes to showcase their journeys. back to AMP and thank you once again for joining us and much appreciated thanks for all your support all your comments and your feedback um, yeah so we're uh, we're a week away from everything opening up shops gyms swimming pools fantastic and we can train together again uh, so that's good we've got our first training session on the track on Saturday so that's that'll be something to look forward to and we have done a, a little bit of running with a, a couple of other people doing some hill repeats and things so that's fantastic by the time this goes out um, which will be on the 14th of April Wednesday 14th of April um, I'll be in race week the following Sunday, the 18th, I'm taking part in the Yorkshire Duathlon. Fingers crossed. Haven't heard any more other than it's taking place. So that'll be cool. Uh, if anybody else is racing, give us a message and maybe we can meet up. And uh, if you see me out and about around the course, give us a shout. Um, I'll be wearing my amp hat and probably my amp hoodie. So give us a give us a nod, say hello. That'd be great. And if you are racing, good luck. There's been a couple of guests that have had races over the last couple of weeks. Ashley Delotte, who appeared on episode four, was first in the Reading Cross Duathlon. Um, that was on the third of April. So congratulations to Ashley. Congratulations to Yanni Christodoulou, who was on episode nine. Um, he finished third place at uh, the Bridge Duathlon at Dartford, also on the 3rd of April. Um, so, well done guys, keep it going, great start to the season. Did any of you see the Triathlon Super League Arena Games um, a couple of weekends ago? Uh, it was great fun. It was nice to see that they'd mixed it up even more this time by inviting the likes of Tim Don and Lucy Charles Barkley along to put themselves up against the sprint and Olympic um, athletes and see how they fare. And they didn't do too bad, to be fair. It was, uh, especially in the ladies' race, it was really close. Um, Lucy Charles Barkley didn't disgrace herself at all. Um, Beth Potter came out on top and in the ladies and that was a fantastic result and then a week later lo and behold she went and broke the road 5k world record with a time of 14.14 I believe um, so she's on fire at the moment in the men's it was all down to the last round and Martin Van Reel came out on top and he was only a last minute fixture um, getting an invite at uh, the close of play I think because somebody had dropped out uh, so fantastic fantastic result for him 
And Alex Yee, young Alex Yee, came third, which was uh, another great achievement. So well done, guys. It was really, really enjoyable to watch and can't wait for Rotterdam to come, come round. Also been watching a load of cycling. Too many races to... to too many races to talk about, really, with the one-day classics on and the, and the uh, week-long tours. But I've uh, got to give a mention to the Ineos boys who came one, two and three at the Tour of the Basque Country. And it was a uh, fantastic performance with Adam Yates uh, being the victor overall. So, yeah, it was f fabulous. And also to the Tour of Flanders. Uh, one day, which I spent one Sunday just in the garden uh, watching it on the computer, and it was um, it was great to watch with a unlikely outcome or an unexpected outcome, should I say, uh, with neither Van der Poel nor Van Aert nor Alaphilippe winning. Um, so that was good. That was really good to watch. Um, if you're not into your cycling, I'd give it a give it a watch. You can find it on Eurosport. Or the GCN um, app, Global Cycling Network uh, app. You can download those. Um, I think it's a nominal fee, but really worth really worth getting and watching. Uh, shows you how the pros go on. So yeah, it's uh, been quite a, a fun-filled few weeks um, since the last podcast. And I hope you're going to enjoy um, the two guests that we have on our show today. Firstly, we have the Blue Triathlete, which is Stuart McKay. And he goes in to explain why he's called the Blue Triathlete. And he tells us his journey from being a swimmer growing up as a, as a kid. Uh, and how he got into multi-sport and then represented his country, GB, um, using his strengths, which for him it was swimming and biking. So that'll be coming up shortly. But firstly, I had a message over Instagram from Dr. Pippa Jane, and Pippa is a psychiatrist for the NHS, and she wanted to come on and talk about effects of various psychological um, problems in athletes mainly triathletes. Um, so we uh, we had a chat, and what I've done, like I did with Tritonaceous, I've broke it up, because um, there's quite a lot, quite a big topic, so I've broke it up, and we'll spread that out over, hopefully, three podcasts. And the first one that we've got coming up, um, Pippa talks about depression, and also anxiety that we as athletes can face in our day-to-day -day life, also in our sporting life. She gives us great tips about tapering, which is so apt for me at the moment because I'm in my first week of taper um, before the race. Fascinating topic, very knowledgeable person and uh, some great tips um, about tapering at the end there, like I said. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, you get something out of it. See you on the other side. Welcome along to AMP. Um, thanks for, for coming on. And I hope that athletes that are listening to this are going to get quite a lot out of it. Um, I hope so. so if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background going into it. 
and then we can get get into the meat and potatoes if you like sure. <laughs> yeah sure um so I am a psychiatrist I work in Surrey and I work in a community mental health team um so I deal with a really wide range of mental health problems sort of in the general adult population um I've been working in psychiatry for about seven years now so I've got quite broad experience I think with psychiatry um, but with sports, um, I'm a bit of a latecomer into sports. So I, th- I started sort of regular training sort of in my late 20s. Um, and then I just loved it straight away. And then got my fitness instructor qualification, started doing some teaching and then, um, yeah, and then started triathlon. And that seems to be the thing that I've sort of settled into. And yeah, I just I just love it. How did you find out about triathlon then? um through some friends I think well it was it was sort of like it was on my radar because I've always enjoyed I was running anyway and um as I said like I was you know I used to club swim so and I thought oh you know if I could pick up a bike yeah I might, I might you know I might be able to do that so it's always sort of been on my radar and then somebody that I worked with was doing um you know one of the just sort of a triathlon type things you know once yeah. they explain everything as you go through so I went and did that with her and yeah it just went from there we really, really enjoyed it and cool. haven't looked back so great stuff do you want to start with there's the list that you said starting with uh, the depression yeah I think depression first that seems to be sort of the most common things so I think if we start with that so why does it occur in athletes okay so um the first thing I'm going to talk about uh, today is depression um it's one of the most common mental health problems and in the general population it occurs around 20% of people have experienced some symptoms of depression at some point during their lifetime. So most people listening, um, or some people listening will be familiar with some of the things or some of the feelings that I'm going to talk about. I think it's particularly important subject in triathletes in particular, because um, triathlon um, comes under a track and field sport. So it's a lone sport. So you're training by yourself. So sometimes it can be quite isolating. it's different to in a team because if you're sort of in a team of players and you underperform as a team, you can sort of disperse that responsibility for a bad performance or, you know, what didn't quite work amongst team members. But if it's a lone sport, the pressure's all on you. Mm. Uh, so it can be a bit more difficult like that. And there's more opportunity as well for direct comparison with your peers. So if you're in a triathlon club, you know, um, you might be wondering, oh, you know, that person's roughly the same height and body weight as me. Why aren't I running as fast as that? Why aren't I putting in this training performances? Oh, gosh, look at that person's Strava. They're training X amount of miles, you know, per week and I'm not. And, you know, it's just there's lots of opportunities for lots of pressure and lots of comparison. And that can obviously have a knock-on effect on your self-esteem. And if that gets out of hand, then it can lead to symptoms of depression. So some of the symptoms that um, that we look for um, that you might experience if you're depressed is first of all obviously you're going to feel low in mood so you know having a bad day is a really normal thing but if you're having bad day after bad day after bad day and you're feeling sort of low almost all of the time that can that can definitely be a sign that something's wrong you can get different levels of fatigue so uh, for athletes like us then it might just be that you're starting to struggle a bit with training or not enjoying it as much getting tired a bit more easily but on the flip side, the fatigue can be really, really bad for some people. So it could be, you know, as severe as not really wanting to get out of bed in the morning or, you know, even getting in the shower and getting dressed it is, you know, is an issue. It, it makes you tired. Mm. Um, you tend to sleep poorly. Um, so people um, can have trouble getting to sleep or wake up frequently during the night. 
your appetite could be reduced, which, of course, if you're training frequently, that's, you know, that can have quite a serious effect on things. Um, you might not be able to concentrate as much. So that leaves you a bit more predisposed to getting injuries as well if you're not really concentrating on what, what you're doing. Um, and you can just you stop enjoying things, not necessarily just the sport, but your day to day stuff as well. Like you might find work a bit of a chore. You might find spending time with people that you love a bit of a chore. Um, and that can lead to things of guilt as well and hopelessness. So all sort of they all sort of tie in together. The problem with athletes, though, is that um, depression can go under the radar really quite easily. Firstly, because um, I think there's a, a general public conception that um, or perception that it's uh, athletes are really physically healthy, therefore they're mentally healthy and don't get mental health problems. But that's definitely not true, especially as you go sort of towards age group or status, like lots of your listeners um, for this podcast and sort of the higher end elite and semi-professional, higher end amateur and semi-professional type levels. Um, yeah, that pressure can get can get a lot and mental health problems sort of creep in a bit more commonly. Um, also, depression can mimic overtraining syndrome really, really quite uh, closely. So all of those things that I've just mentioned you can experience all of those if you're just doing a bit too much training. Mm -hmm. um, so you might also get with that, you might get the muscle and joint soreness that you, you know, you get if you're, you're training hard all the time and not getting enough rest. Um, your immune system is affected. So you might get ill a bit more frequently, like coughs, colds, that type of thing. And I think that's, you know, particularly relevant at the moment with, um, with the pandemic going on is that, you know, you do make yourself a bit more susceptible. Um, and if you're overtraining, you might notice that your resting heart rate increases by sort of five or 10 beats per minute, sort of consistently. Um, so those are things to keep an eye out for. Mm. If you notice those, just check in with yourself and just ask yourself, do I need to take a step back from this? Do I need to sort of lower my intensity of my training or have a, a week off or just sort of reduce the frequency just to give my body a break and let it recover? Mm. And more often than not, you, you'll find that those symptoms go away. If they don't go away with rest or get worse, that's when you should be thinking on the lines of, oh, okay, maybe this is something I need to address with a GP. Maybe I am sort of experiencing a bit of low mood and depression. Um, yeah, so then get in touch with the GP or family doctor. Um, and they'll sort of, and yeah, they're, they're definitely the first port of call and they should be able to help you. And it's really easily treatable as well, usually with talking therapy, self help, um, sometimes with medication, but. GPs try not to offer that straight away these days. Um, and the prognosis is really good. People do recover. So don't, I think the message is don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and if there are ever any thoughts of not wanting to be around anymore, any thoughts of suicide, which doesn't really get talked about very commonly, mm. or any thoughts of harming yourself in any way at all, don't delay getting help. You go and get help straight away. And that can be sort of calling a local crisis number, um the Samaritans are really good same line is something that's really good if you google it you'll, the number comes up straight away um or just going to A&E the psychiatrist in most A&Es now or mental health um specialist mental health nurses that will do an assessment straight away yeah so don't be afraid to reach out if you need it do you know of any um sports specific places where people who are into yeah any any sport can go directly to get help is there anything available uh, yes, there is. Um, it's not widely available and it's not, there aren't any sort of sports psychiatrists in the NHS either. It's sort of a very sort of new up and coming niche within psychiatry. Um, 
but there is I'd have to I'd have to send you the link I think which I can't remember the name of the person off the top of my head but um there is yeah there's a few there's a few people that I can send links to um yeah which can help yeah, do you definitely. think that would do you think that would be easier for somebody in that sort of area to go and see somebody like minded than actually going to see the local doctor or you know talk to somebody that's not in you know what I mean the friends might or family might not be in the sport yeah yeah definitely because it is quite it's quite difficult to understand if you're not yeah if you haven't experienced it or you're not doing the sport yeah definitely um but I do think it's still important to get the GP involved because they are the avenue into lots of other things and if um lots of other help basically so you know if you didn't recover like you're hoping to or things got worse for you then they're the ones that can refer on to different specialist teams so it's really important to let the GP know and have that conversation with them anyway yeah but do them if you're getting help elsewhere um so how does anxiety differ to depression so that's that's a really good question um and quite often more often than not psychiatrists will not diagnose anxiety or depression as separate entities because they just so commonly occur together Mm. I don't think I've I haven't met a patient for ages who's just been depressed or just been anxious that they just yeah they're comorbid they occur together more often than not um but you can get something called generalized anxiety um which, yeah, which is more sort of the anxiety symptoms are much more prominent than the low mood and they stop you from doing your day-to-day things. Um, but I think it's, it's important with anxiety, first of all, to understand where it comes from and that it's, it's a normal phenomenon. It's, anxiety is our fight, flight or freeze response. Mm. So it's how, we, it's how we've evolved and it's how we've kept ourselves safe as a species. So it's, you know, it's normal to feel anxious it becomes a problem when the anxiety is disproportionate to the stimulus. Um, so I think race anxiety is a really good example of this. And everybody gets it. Um, you know, generally, you know, triathlon is life-threatening, but you get that feeling beforehand, you know, your heart pumps, you get, you know, you get the sweaty palms, you feel shaky, sometimes you can feel a bit lightheaded. Um, so that adrenaline is really, is really, really there before a race. And that can be really helpful but it can also be you know it can be a bit of a hindrance as well all triathletes are familiar with taper week you know the taper time and I think the anxiety can really get to people then mm. but again before a race in the weeks or days before like anxiety or like taper madness as sometimes people call it is is completely normal so you might get agitated or restless your sleep might be affected um you might find that you're feeling a bit sick and that you know you can't really eat like you normally would that your appetite is reduced um and some people even get panic attacks so yeah. it's but that is you know that can be that can be just a normal normal part of the taper and it doesn't mean that you have an anxiety disorder either you know it's important not to pathologize it too much um, i've actually got some tips for the taper if uh yeah, yeah. If you want to hear them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, so my top taper tips are first of all to Tell your family and friends that you're tapering before the race. Right. So make them warn them <laughs> that you might feel a, you might be a bit restless. Um, you might you might be a bit more grumpy than you normally are. You might be a bit snappy and apologize in advance. This is what I do with my husband. Just say, look, Mark, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's taper week. I'm going to struggle a bit. And generally, he's fine after that. The other thing to do is set multiple goals for your race. So don't set your sights on one 
particular, you know, finishing in a particular time or getting a PB or, you know, getting a podium place, don't put all of your money on that. Have different levels of goals. So you could have good, great and awesome. Good being like, um, I don't know, maybe just not setting off too hard on the swim and staying calm and not panicking too much at the beginning. And then if you do that, great, you've achieved something fantastic. Even if the rest of the race goes to pot, that one thing you've ticked, you've ticked the box, fantastic. Um, then like a great achievement would be sort of to pick a reasonable time that you could finish in if things go well and that you're feeling good on the day. And yeah, great. And then the great, you know, the amazing, awesome goal would be the thing that happens if the moon, sun, stars align, everything goes absolutely fantastically and you achieve better than you expect. So you have different levels. So you're not ever really disappointing yourself in that way. You've yeah. always achieved something. Yeah. So I think it's just part of ha- having a contingency plan and listening to your body on the day, isn't it? And just going with that. And the other thing I, I tell people to do as well is have a plan after the race. So remember that life goes on after you've after Ironman. You know, it, I think people get athletes just get so and it's normal. You know, you just get so bogged down with it because the training is intense isn't it you know it takes over your life you know for well, it, months and months but I think it's important to have a plan after a big event so whether or not that's sport related or not it doesn't really matter as long as there is something for you to look forward to afterwards yeah. so whether or not something you know as simple as I don't know going out for dinner and having some drinks and celebrating with your family planning a holiday yeah booking your next race you know it doesn't matter just have something afterwards but I think the thing to watch out for is if if the anxiety that you're experiencing isn't limited to the events, sort of around the event the week before, the days before, um, and if it's starting to interfere with your the other parts of your life. So if you're feeling anxious about going to work, if you're feeling anxious about seeing friends, leaving the house, you know, that's when you need to start sort of paying attention to it. I'm wondering, you know, and maybe speaking to a GP. Um, and getting some help for that yeah. uh, and there, again there's lots of lots of effective ways to treat anxiety and you're it's really important to remember that you are absolutely not alone with it and there are loads of resources there's lots of like um the nhs has some online cognitive behavioral therapy courses which can really help to combat anxiety yeah. the royal college of psychiatrists their website is really good there's lots of helpful resources there um and you know the apps there's lots of apps at the moment, like Calm, um, Headspace, all of those sorts of things are really good, yeah. uh, really good helpers for anxiety. So there's lots of help available. So don't be afraid to reach out. And what do you think about things like um, meditation and yoga? Amazing, really amazing. Mm. Um, I think things like meditation do take practice. Um, and so does mindfulness, because, you know, it, it's hard to especially when you're anxious and your thoughts are racing it's hard to sort of just sit and be with yourself it's really difficult Mm. it does it really does take practice but it's it helps so much because it makes you aware of when your mind is running away with you you know so you might get a thought like um oh god you know uh, i'm not gonna finish the run in the time that i want and you know that means x that means y that means this that means i have to change my training plan that means x y blah 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 blah. and your mind just runs away with you but if you can learn to recognize when that's happening and pull it back and just acknowledge that you're having the thoughts and it's okay and sit with it it makes a massive difference but it does take practice (laughs) definitely worth it definitely worth it though so that's part one um dealing with depression and anxiety uh i think we all feel 
certain um, levels of those throughout throughout our days, um, especially over the last year, um, and we've all dealt with it differently. So food for thought there. So thank you once again, Pippa, and we'll be hearing from from Pippa in the next episode also, um, where we will be discussing injuries and possibly um, exercise addiction and dependence. Next up, we've got the blue triathlete, Stuart McKay. Hope you enjoy this one, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to AMP, and thank you very much for agreeing to do this. Much appreciated, because obviously, you know, I can't do this without you guys, and so thank you. Thank you for coming on. No problem. Not a problem at all. That's what we're here for, to chat and well, go back to lockdown. Yeah, lockdown. Make, make, make the time go a little bit quicker by having something something interesting to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is it you do for a living? Um, it's for an insurance company, but I do knowledge management. So, the week of yeah, stay home if you've got a cough. I had a cough, and I stayed home. And other than getting a monitor and a chair and some like assisting on a project of sending out letters i haven't actually been to work in over a year now right right um and i think i enjoy it yeah yeah you've come across <laughs> get up yeah and get up do some training go out lunch in the sunshine for as long as i need to be come back to work and then train in the evening if i want to yeah it's yeah. been it's been quite good you can tell us a little bit about growing up and what you did sporting sporting wise up to uh yeah how you got in the multi-sport i guess but yeah I, I suppose as a kid always on a bike and then like seven years old um my dad got me into swimming i mean i'd been doing it obviously in a pool like as dads and take their kids swimming me and my brother took, took swimming my brother's a bit older than me, so he got into the pool sooner. I kind of followed him. And then because I was like the youngest, I was just chucked in with this small swimming club um, in a 20 meter pool. And I was just constantly having to keep up, but I just kind of got on with it. Um, and then worked up to kind of a bigger club and I ended up getting some county races, like long distance in the pool, like 400, 800, 1500, and a bit of plenty of podiums, but mostly at county level. But yeah, Midland District. So I was quite good at swimming. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of on the bike, got a mountain bike, broke some bikes, just did loads of mountain biking as a kid, just wheel mostly wheeling around the street and getting muddy and annoying my mum with the wash. <laughs> um but yeah i yeah i ended up about 15 broke my arm and the same arm dislocated the shoulder mm. and because i had pins put in it sort of basically put a bit of a stop on swimming for a bit um but then i was still good i ended up getting into open water um at the time the only triathlete multi-sport i kind of got a exposed to was when they were uh, training the same lake in a wetsuit and i was there like skinniest kid ever in trunks <laughs> and uh freezing freezing 
properly freezing because it was always a horrible car journey home. And they were, they were in there with fins on and they were the only ones that triathlete wise that were good swimmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was my exposure at an early age to sort of triathlon, seeing what, seeing what they did and they got to keep warm. So I was a bit jealous to be honest. How did um, you transform from pool to open water then? How did that come about? There is a guy who, I think he's been on like Britain's Strongman stuff. He always liked doing it. And he was in our swimming club, just doing swimming. And he just said, yeah, come and try it out. Um, I mean, my brother's a bit older and a bit better than me at swimming because he hadn't had the injury problem. But he was kind of like the drive in. I just kind of followed. Right. Um, and he got into it. I got into it. There wasn't really any age groups or anything. So it was just like an open category, like 15 to 18. And I think there was... There were some masters and stuff, but it was like big age groups, not like five-year age groups. So I was lumped in with brother and all these people that, I think there were a couple that went to the Olympics in right. that same category. And I was there like middle of the pack. Um, I think there was like a youth series that I got out first, but I didn't win the race because they drafted off your feet. Yeah which is a bit annoying because I couldn't sprint. I was never a sprinter. And I suppose that's kind of been a reason for getting into endurance sports. Sure. Um, but yeah, I did like five kilometer races, did something in, I think I attempted a 10 K race in a river in France and I got to seven K and basically ran out of energy. Right. And it wasn't until after I'd been fed a load of cake by the volunteers that I found out that the pros it all been thrown stuff every lap. All the, I think it was three laps. They were thrown stuff so they could actually feed. Yeah, yeah. Never had any of that. I literally just swam until I stopped. Yeah. Um, so that, that was an interesting race, especially with, it was a river because of the currents or whatever. But yeah, that, that was a that was a, an odd race to have, but I did quite enjoy it, especially the cake. What happened yeah. after that then? After you'd done your, your open water, how did that develop? It didn't, I suppose. Um, about 17, I got into cars and, well, tried to get girls to like me, I suppose, <laughs> and then basically stopped. Um, went to uni. I did join the swim club. I think I did more races than I did training sessions. Um, and obviously, because everyone got, got ill at uni, I was there, probably with fresh as flu. Slept on the way there. I think it was, it was Coventry to, oh, what's the, is it Ponds Forge? Pool there. And I'd slept all that morning, did my race, and then slept. I just slept on poolside. I was ill the whole weekend. <laughs> I probably did a really good time, but I haven't, I don't know what the result was, but yeah. 1,500 metres, as someone who was kind of fat and unfit, it was okay. I had a good time drinking and eating and well that's drinking. what university is all about isn't it it's about the social <laughs> side really you know yeah um but then i did join the water sports society and around that time um i'd been started to pick up kite surfing so i did some weightboarding with them yeah um that was tough uh, but it was absolutely amazing like drive three hours to the beach <laughs> smash your body into complete annihilation with doms for like a whole week um and then kind of three hours back 
it was it was a good time doing that and I'd sort of stopped drinking a bit because I was more bothered about getting up early and driving everywhere so that was kind of how I ended uni completely right. different to how I started it yeah yeah um and then I think it was uh I think I'd started mountain biking again at that point as well um I think I ended up upgrading a couple of bikes I bought a road bike um and I did do a time trial because I was kind of encouraged to do that I don't think it was a very good time 10 10 miler but on a road bike probably still did 20 mile an hour because mountain biking is tough yeah the kite surfing was tough and I suppose I was sort of average a beginner fitness fitness so I did a reasonably good job then and then I suppose it then went backwards again because <laughs> I met someone and wanted to buy a house at that time sold all my kit I literally got rid of all the sports stuff um but that didn't stick we got divorced yeah and 2014 I was just there like a new man bachelor whatever so when I bought all the kite serving a kit a silly car and I bought a road bike and that was, it, that uh, was interesting that was interesting in your email. You just put silly car. So what was the silly car? Uh, three litre BMW. Right. <laughs> um, did not drive. Well, I tried to drive efficiently, but it did not. It was not cheap to run that no, car. No. Um, that I think I only kept it for a year because I needed something to go. Because it was because it was then that was the turning point in getting fit and staying fit and like being me rather than selling my kit i was a sporty person yeah yeah i needed to find someone that suited that and i mean obviously i had loads of dates and whatever but yeah that was my goal was just like do some sport get fit enjoy myself um but yeah i did start swimming again as well because the pool there's a it's gone now but the pool at work was a 16 meter pool so i got in they were like well you're really quick and i was just <laughs> untrained again but you don't lose it no when you switch when you're a swimmer and you start it again you don't lose it and i'm praying that that is the case this year because yeah. i haven't trained for a year i do believe that anybody with the technical ability that you've obviously got having swam from seven year old or whatever you'll you'll still have that that's always going to be there you know you know, and, and then the fitness will just come back probably quicker than the likes of me who haven't got that technical ability because only learned to swim, you know, when I started doing multi-sport. So, you know what I mean? So I think, you, I think you'll be all right. I think you'll, you'll probably find that, yeah, your fitness will, will come back quite quickly and your technical ability will, will see you probably head and shoulders yeah. above everybody else anyway. I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope it comes back quickly because then you it, it, it's training peaks keeps telling me the amount of weeks left and yeah. i'm just praying for it to be enough time <laughs> yeah well it is what it is and you know the thing is yeah. everybody's in the same boat well most yeah. people, all right you're most gonna get people, the, yeah. the the odd exception where they've got their own swimming pool and they haven't missed a day but you know most of us we're in the same we're in the same boat we haven't been in yeah. the swim, have we so uh, everyone's going to be uber bikers in a straight line but can't go around corners <laughs> yeah yeah. And uh, the runners will still be as strong as ever. Absolutely. Which is, uh, probably stronger because they've probably spent more time running. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there'll be a load of people that don't realise how quick they are at stuff and yeah. find yeah. out their brakes brakes need to be good. <laughs> It'll certainly be interesting, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean that 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 was like a turning point for like getting fit. Um, but then I was drawn by this charity that I I think a friend well actually a couple of in fact my current girlfriend knows someone who, who died from the sudden death disorder right. where um you're a young fit person by doing the spit sport i think it was i think it was a few famous footballers and rugby players that had suffered it where they just suddenly die yeah. um so i went for a free test for that just to be sure yeah um but while I didn't have that problem, I found out I got a leaky heart valve. Right. <laughs> um, I bet you were really so, glad you went and did the test. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was kind of like a good turning point to say, look, I need to be fit and I need to be healthy. So it was kind of another driver to like stay healthy. Yeah. And that was kind of, yeah, a, a good point, I suppose. But also another bad point happened because I smashed my knee into a, into a wall so i was on crutches for a bit yeah um but i did start cycling again and entered some races that yeah that year what races um, were those then so i did a 100k ride like bike oh, charity so the, ride. The bike, bike races no it was a sportive that um right but it was still a challenge yeah yeah did my first part run right um, but I did turn up late to that, so I kind of messed up the start, but yeah. I still did around 24 minutes. That's good. And that was kind of my first real attempt at a race, <laughs> like as running, because I'd never done I'd never done any running stuff. Um, and then I did a 10K, and that included hiding a bush and jumping out on a friend. And that was <laughs> like sub 50 minute, like good time, especially compared to what I am now. Um, and then I did an, an aquathon like in the winter. Um, I did the fastest swim and then I sat down and dried between my toes, put some socks on, like wasted all that time in transition. And then I ran reasonably okay 5k. Mm. Um, but the second fastest swimmer was the guy who won it. <laughs> so he was like, he was turning up thinking, oh, I'm going to win it, win the run, win the bike, win the, win the, win the swim and win the race. And I, I made friends with him. It was quite, quite kind of ended up seeing him at a load of other races. So he was kind of made a friend, got some tips, changed to talcum powder and no socks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up, ended up doing a, the next year I did an aquathon race series and that was good fun because it got me into running regularly. I got to show off my swimming a bit, which was good. Um, but yeah, I ended up like entering, I think it was the Redditch super sprint one. And that was the first race multi-sport I ever kind of won. Right. Uh, only a 200 meter swim. And I think it was only a two and a half K run. So I just literally, just went flat out yeah. and the pictures of me in the run, I looked terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was good fun. Yeah. Cool. 
That's good. So, yeah. So actually thinking about what you've just said, um, all those little bits that you've you started to put together, because obviously you had the swimming nailed um, and you, you loved your biking, mountain biking and stuff. And then you started doing aquathons and running. And so, so you can see it's all sort of like coming together to become like triathlon. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, the goal was to do a triathlon yeah. at some point when I got fit and I wasn't expecting to do what I've done yeah. to this date. Like a lot of it's like, I wouldn't have imagined it when I started. Yeah. So it's been kind of a really good journey, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm kind of glad that I... I started it because otherwise I wouldn't know that I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Wouldn't be talking European slash world mm. anything. No. Let alone doing it, doing what I'm good at as well. Yeah. And I guess as you look back, you know, through what you've what you've gone through, you think, well, yeah, everything everything happens for a reason. It's got you to that that point, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So after your first triathlon. How did you go forward from that? Was it, yeah, I'm going to do um, more or? Well, well, I, I mean, and I suppose the first triathlon I did do was like a little super sprint in a, in a Lido. Yeah. I think someone was advertising some races on um, Facebook. One of them was a um, standard distance qualifier, which was St. Neots. I think it got, it got moved to wherever it was, the lake there, over that way. It got moved. That was good fun. Um, I think there was uh, Reese Barkley in the field in my age group. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of like, well, he's quick. <laughs> I was, I think I was third in my age group or something when the swim. And then I did a reasonably good bike. And then all of the GB suits just came flying past me. Uh, that was good fun. Um, I did my first half marathon um, as well, I think around that time. And then there was a local sprint try with Jodie Stimson in the water. Right. I got to draft off someone and it was her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amazing. Um, and that was kind of where this blue thing kind of started as well. Yeah. Um, which was me in a pool leg suit. Um, not a, not a wetsuit, but just like a swimsuit that was just no arms and legs. And I was there in bright blue. The the other thing that I bought off Facebook was an entry to a half Ironman. Right. And this was all in the first year. What year was this? Uh, 2016. 2016. Um, and that was kind of like that first half Ironman was kind of where I found out I was okay at triathlon slash good um and i did pretty good swim uh 23 20 for half ironman which i think is, is around my fastest even when i've done just a relay um i did a really good even split on the bike even though i'm on a road bike and that was good um and then there's a bit of a hilarity with the half marathon where I picked a banana I'd put in transition. I ran out of it, ran all the way to the first nutrition stop. And I was like, can I have a banana? And they were like, it's in your hand. 
<laughs> Brilliant. So uh, that yeah. just goes to show, doesn't it? When you're in that zone, you know what I mean? Because you see all sorts of people doing all sorts of stupid things, like running with the the helmet still on or yeah. the goggles on, or you know what I mean? See it all, don't you? I mean, it was. I mean, I've done some other daft things. I mean, there was one where I ran the wrong way on the on the run and ended up running round the. the, the so it was like a a field to the right of the. Um, it's an open water pool. Ran around it, ran all the way to the front of the building. Was like, "Where's the finish?" And they were like, "It's over there." Oh, and I had to run kind of round all the barriers back, <laughs> and then I was just stood there. And they, the photographer was like, "Can we do your finish again?" Because we didn't know you were coming. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah, that 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 half mile man was like I was told later in the year that I could have actually done the fin in Denmark age group yeah. race, the yeah. half Ironman. Um, but I think at that point, either it was too late or I just didn't have the money to, yeah. to enter it. So well, you'd, you'd, got the, you'd got the time though, which is the most important thing. And that, yeah. that spurs you on, doesn't it? To say, well, yeah, I am, I am good enough. But how did you find out about age group then in the first place? Uh, so it was, I think it was when someone was looking for the, like doing awards for the, the tri club. They were looking at times that people had done and, they were like, you know, you could have, you could have entered that, and I was like, I didn't know I was good enough. Yeah, I just turned up, did the race, and then kind of got a bit more friendlier with the tri club sort of towards the end of that year. That I think if I'd have joined the club properly at the start, I might have actually uh, been working my way towards that race. But yeah, to get a qualifier at a triathlon when I didn't think I was any good at running was like. Well, I'm actually all right. So I kind of stepped it up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where the blue bike got bought. But I'd already started off that year with a bit of a run injury. So it was just kind of having a go at biking. I think I was, I converted, because I'd entered the same race again. I think I converted it to a relay. And mm. I did the swim. Yeah. And then we had, like, I, I did a reasonably good time for the swim. But... I think the first triathlon I actually had that year was um, like the the lead standard triathlon oh, qualifier. Yeah. yeah. And I did a good swim, good bike. Found out it actually wasn't that flat, and because it was a oh. downhill run, the time was time was good. Yeah. But it was just hilarious to turn up in bright blue in a blue tri suit, blue shoes on, on this blue carpet. I was like, this is it. Blue athletes arrived. <laughs> and I think that's where it got kind of picked up. And yeah. later that year, um, the Tri Club gave me an award for the triathlete that looks the most like a Smurf. <laughs> well, it, at least it's an award, isn't it? <laughs> and then it became another award for people who did this running relay in our club. They, I think it was... Yeah, there's a load of the women. They they dressed up as Smurfs, and they got me to give out the <laughs> triathlete that looks more like a Smurf award to them. <laughs> Brilliant. Good to have a sense of humour with it all as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. That year was a bit of an odd one because I didn't do many races, and then I got in a car accident. This wasn't the silly blue. Car. This this wasn't the silly BMW. This was a, a yeah. Skoda that I had, um, but. I wrote off the car 
uh, I wrote off the carbon road bike that was sitting in the back Ooh. because there's a plastic toolbox underneath it. Oh. They got smashed into the frame. The toolbox exploded. Down tube was crushed. I think the wheels were bent, like the left crank arm was bent. Um, but yeah, I've I got injured as well. I got neck yeah. neck and some back, well, clicky back and then some neck soreness from it. But it was me on my own. It wasn't anyone's fault, but yeah. that was it. I was uh um I was buggered basically. Yeah. And so how <laughs> um, long did you take to recover from that then? I didn't really take that much time and it wasn't really until kind of like the next year i suppose that it, uh, the winter that it was kind of like well i am probably needing a recovery because i was getting all sorts of injuries like um cramp as well um and i ended up doing a marathon later that year yeah because you because uh, you get cramp and then you just think oh i know what i'll do i'll do a marathon <laughs> i mean <laughs> I think I think it was where the, the cramps had just uh, in the summer they were worse, but because the marathon was October, yeah, and like I wasn't actually suffering because I'd had enough time to get to it. Um, but yeah, the preparation was meant to be good, um, and it wasn't. Like no sleep the night before, um, like the two weeks before I'd sort of stopped training because I was like suffering with cramp. Then I had like, oh, I just try out these trail shoes, get myself a blister. Um, the girlfriend or someone I was seeing at the time had gone to see another guy that night. Oh. And like, I found out the next morning. And then I was late and I had to somehow get across from like, because like the race course was where you park and where the start and finish was. Mm. This isn't Chester. Right. I had to get from the other side from this car park across town, like, no idea where the hell I was just like got there and ran a like absolutely stonking perfectly paced like even paced throughout and like that was it i was like i can run <laughs> it was the, it was it was the, the, i've done a marathon i can run i'm not a rubbish runner because it's only been like two years i've been running and yeah. it was all hit and miss times weren't ever like like consistent I was getting cramp and all sorts of weird, annoying, like blisters. And it was just a, I actually can run. Um, and then it was not that well, I had enough time to recover from the, from the girl at the time I met a girlfriend and cause she's my current girlfriend partner. We're living together. We're moving in together. It's proper. <laughs> um, yeah, she rides bikes and could run. And because I'd done this marathon, um, she entered one. And I was going to do it, like, we were going to do separate runs, but she did, we entered the same one. And uh, I ended up getting injured. <laughs> so she had to do it on her own, <laughs> which was a bit annoying. Um, and then because I could do a marathon and I could swim and I knew I could bike, I also entered a, an Ironman as well. Right. Um, and that year was another crap year of preparation. Yeah. It seems <laughs> so to I got be... injured, injured again and then got my cramps really bad. It was just a terrible, like, build-up. Um, like, May, I think, I pulled my hamstring. 
um, trying to run up this hill out of the water. Did a really good swim, um, but just pulled it. Um, and that was the Aches 70.3 race. Yeah. It was like the day of that, there was like really nice start with sunshine. I then got on the bike and it got grey. I had to turn around and go back. And when I got to the car, it just absolutely like hammered it down. Um, and it was like south of France. It should have been like really nice. And then like I feel for everyone, like the racing racers, like the marshals, because they had to get round the bike course, which wasn't, it was a technical course, and then run round the city. And it was just like the worst weather. Like at some point it was down to like six degrees and they were all prepared for like a sunny day. <laughs> I don't know how people weren't like, like anyone who DNF, I'd still have respect for. It's yeah. just like, I missed the worst of it, obviously, but that was a hell of a race that people went through. A friend, a friend managed to finish it and she hasn't got fat on her at all. So I have no idea how she managed to keep warm. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Determination, I guess. Yeah, and that might have been my inspiration to kind of like carry on, like trying to get to this Ironman, like getting prepared for it. Mm. Um, but July, I got mega severe cramps. Mm. Um, like I, I think it was the day of one of the, it was the World Cup going on. I drove during all the football because it was like I'll get I'll get a free run because free run on the motorway because it'd be empty to get to Worthing, really hot day. I must have dehydrated myself in the car and then attempted to warm up, got cramp. Um, I managed to swim and then like literally got like a bit on the bike and just cramp, like completely exploded in my quads. Yeah. Um, like I was actually on the floor, like the physio came over and like, like struggled really bad, like at least for the next two weeks with like horrible cramps. And somehow, like, got over it. And I don't know whether it's just the heat that just messes me up. Yeah. But that was it. I was like, I have no, there's no way I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I was going, right, if I do the swim in this time, and I do the bike in this time, if I can do the bike, how far, like, am I going to hit the thing if I walk this marathon? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just planning, like, if I do it, if so, I've got six and a half hours to walk the marathon is that possible <laughs> i was just doing all this maths like in this preparation um because i'd only run like 10k like anything over 10k i'd only run like three times that year mm. so like to get to the start line was like a challenge but i managed it yeah i did the race and then that was september and then it was very soon before I got to my age group race, my first age group race. So how did how did you decide which race you were going to do and distance? Well, play to strengths. I entered the aqua bike. <laughs> like I always say, you've got to play to your strengths, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong at all. It was like the biggest this is European level. It was the biggest race I'd ever done, and it was the Ibiza one. I had also qualified for the Aquathon, but didn't race it. I thought, focus on one. Um, I mean, I didn't have the budget to stay there either, to like be in a hotel for a week. But um, yeah, th that sounded like a good fun. For a swimmer, that sounds like good fun. 
being chipped off a boat, swim to shore, and then run on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the aqua bike was a bit of a, an event. Um, like I was going to try, because I, I didn't know I had a pool at the hotel until like, I got there. I was like, I'll get in that. Uh, but there was a thunderstorm. So they didn't want to let anyone in that. Um, but I was kind of lucky because I was right by the tran transition. So I went down like breakfast time, watched the um, watched the rain just hammering down. I'm like, are we going to be racing? Like, we probably are going to be racing because they're not going to do anything. Um, but I was monitoring the Facebook chat, like because you get a nice little Facebook group, and yeah. there've been some photos of flooding on the bike course. Um, and then there were a load of stuff that got like washed into the water. Um, I won't say what, because people have uh, <laughs> can imagine. eaten their dinner or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they postponed it to like later in the day. And then I think they also cut the bike in half. So it was meant to be a half Ironman distance. So right. they kept the swim, but half the bike. Mm. Um which I was kind of like, uh, I've not really trained for that, but okay. Um, but because of what I learned from that Apes race, I was like, well, I'll be prepared. I put um, I put a buff and like I was going to put some arm warmers on as well mm. um, for the uh, for the bike, just in case it was still like, because it's quite cold as well. And the rain, you don't know where that's, that's going to affect you. But I just chucked the buff on in in transition which i think helped but i did see some people with base layers on and then their tri suit and yeah. i was like that's a good idea <laughs> just just keep warm because it was absolutely hammering it down until like well i think it raced rain the whole race um yeah. so how did you do yeah, it they, well this is where i really impressed myself um the swim was okay um but because they start the mirrored distance before the aqua bike, there's a bit of a, I, I call it space invaders where you've got to get around people. And yeah. you suppose you see it in a lot of lakes when you're training. You, there's some people that are doing breast head at breaststroke, just having a nice jolly, but you've got to kind of swim through them. Um, and then because it was only 45 cows, like, right, that's it. I'm just going to go for it. Cause somewhat over an hour um and it was on the hill gun there was a hill going up with some like corners or whatever and then there was a descent kind of coming down and like two people in my age group came past and i was sort of there going well i might i might be third or or maybe even top 10 if there's not that many people around um but like once we got on the descent because i'd put a bigger chain ring on my bike i was just like there hammering down like it was still raining but like hammering down like just trusting that the tires are going to grip because it was really wet um and i overtook them so i was there like i've i've, I've overtook them um and then as you kind of got into town i was like i knew that there was speed bumps i was like that's it i'm gonna bunny up them like all that all that time messing around my bike as a kid <laughs> doing a bunny up over a speed bump but i don't know like 40k an hour or whatever it was that was like, this is this is me. I'm I'm actually playing to my strengths, um, and then I think there's like a flat bit as it goes around some roundabouts, and that was it. 
until you get to the um well it's the transition line that i was looking for for the finish um but there was this guy in the 40 45 age group that literally was like gone at every roundabout and i'd just sort of catch him up and we were playing like wacky races but i didn't know where the other people my age group were and i was just like i was no way i was going to look behind because yeah i was just literally just just literally like just keep going flat out push as hard as you can i don't normally get out of the saddle when i'm on a well, on a time trial bike but i was there like, hammering away trying to keep up with this this I say older guy, I'm not that far off that now, actually. I mean, I was in the 25, 29 at the time. So I, he's definitely my senior, but he was strong. He was very strong. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up coming second in well my done. age group. Brilliant. Um, I was really chuffed about that because like, like getting the medal, although I had to like walk across and do like everyone was doing the run. Um, when I actually got the medal at the like medal giving ceremony, that was like like I felt like a celebrity. It was um it was really good actually. Fantastic. Um, to kind of have it. So I was like, that was it, I'm addicted. Yeah. 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 I mean it's a the whole thing and the whole experience, like I said before, it's uh it's fantastic and one that you'll never forget. And you you know, you just want to keep doing, don't you, once you've experienced the whole thing. So so if you had um any hints or tips for either new people going into multi-sport or for people who want to get into to age group, what would you um, what would you suggest? Build into it because trying to like jump from one to the other. Like if you're thinking I want to be an age grouper, probably you want to start small, build into it. Like if you are already a runner that's still like like doing a bit of running just building it up 10 percent a week i think is what they always say about running you could probably get away with a bit more than that in the pool you could build it up a bit quicker and probably with the bike but running like it's really it really does break me mm. um so i i have to build up slowly just literally doing loads of zone two stuff gets my legs back into it yeah like 10k max for for a week really and then building back into it especially if i got injured um but yeah i would say build slowly um because you'll be able to keep doing it because if you do too quickly and you get injured it could be one week it could be six that you're off just like i say off like on and off trying to restart it because getting an injury dealt with is really like it's not fun like having the cramp, I had like a week off and I needed that week because mm. like my legs got to relax. Like it must be something to do with muscle tension or something. Um, but I got into rolling as well. Yeah. But just having a week off, like the next week, because I'd had a rest, I was flying again. Um, yeah. Like all this long distance stuff I've been doing, if I do three weeks of training and then have a week easy, I can just keep doing that. But I think it was this year I attended a four week. I've had a week and a half now of being a bit unwell mm. and I've just not been training. Like the past week and a half, I've just not felt great. Yeah. Well, your body um, soon lets you know, don't, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've got to listen yeah. to that. And I guess because we like to train, you feel guilty when you're not training. 
and you think you think some strange reason you think you're losing fitness well you're actually not because you're doing your body a favor <laughs> yeah recovery is when you get faster it's not when you do the training Absolutely. like sleep yeah having an easy week all of that time that you think you're wasting is actually absorbing it yeah the muscles repair and you get back on it even if like you have like a week, a week easy week and i've got three weeks of training ahead of me after that that wednesday when you're fresh and you're fast i mean our, our work our work has like an an informal wednesday night ride i feel great that first wednesday after having an easy week and you know that it's done you well yeah. and it, a lot of people don't like to have any time off at all yeah. so your favorite piece of kit <sighs> it was my bike but I sold it to buy this house. <laughs> yeah. What bike? Um, what did you have? What bike was it you had? It was a it was a BMC Time Machine. Right. Um, however, my favourite piece of kit at the moment is my winter bike. Right. It's steel. It's a Genesis Equilibrium. It's steel, but it does have discs. It's got fat tyres, mud guards. There's a pannier rack and a top bag on it for your coat. So if you do get a punch or whatever, I'm not. I'm tubeless, so I don't, but you, you can carry loads of food in it. It just feels nice, but that probably is me comparing riding outside to riding on Zwift because of how painful it is. Yeah. True. Yeah, at the moment, my winter bike, the, I don't know what it is. It feels good. So going forward, what are your long-term, well, your short-term and your long-term goals? Um, This year, it's a focus on Aquabike because I've entered the world Aquabike. Okay. Um, I mean, I missed out on the Pontevedra race. So I couldn't afford it. Yeah. But this is like, it's it's easy to get to in um in the Netherlands. But yeah, I'm going to attempt that, and it's a long distance, which hopefully, because I'm not a sprinter, plays to my strengths. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm hoping to do some racing earlier in the year to get practiced as well. Yeah. Have you got um, any races booked? Um. I've got a relay swim in June now because it got moved. It's the outlaw one. That's the first race I've got. And then there's three aqua bikes I've booked as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I think if I focus on aqua bike, I won't get injured from the run. Mm. I can actually keep riding. Yeah. Well, it's like you <laughs> um, said earlier, isn't it? You've got to play to your strengths. What about longer term then? What do you want to achieve? I don't know. I really would like to win this aquabite race, but there is a thought that I might try and do longer races. Right. I keep looking like I have got this dream of before I'm 40, which probably won't happen before I'm 40, and I'm only 33 now, of doing that arch to arc. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the run will kill me. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get to that stage without a lot more time running but swimming the channel is a bucket list item right and then you get to do it as part of this even bigger challenge yeah yeah um but i don't i, I think the, the first problem is it's bloody expensive just to swim the channel yeah um and then the race itself and timing it timing the start of the run for the when you swim and then the bike's just a cool down 200 and something kilometer cool down or whatever <laughs> it is in paris yeah um, but yeah London to Paris would be a great 
challenge, but I think I might do something like the brutal. Because um, at least if I get ahead on the swim on the bike and there's a Snowden in the way, there's a bit of walking involved on that yeah. for the distance. Mm. Um, it might be a bit more achievable. So you're going to go like long, long. Yeah. What you see yourself. That's if I don't stick to shorter stuff. But yeah, I think the longer adventure stuff might be the thing for me. But cool. this aqua bike, if I can keep doing it, keep swimming, because I'm always going to keep biking because I love it. Yeah. It might be my thing yeah. and just keep. If I don't win anything podium wise this year, because I'd love to be good enough to win it, I'll have to have another crack at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, winning a world championship, probably the the primary thing and maybe some adventure stuff if I'm not in, if I'm not good enough. Excellent. Excellent. Well, good luck with it all. Uh, I think that's a great place to finish. Thank you very much. Thank, thanks right. for this. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Lovely to meet you. Take, take care. Right. Take care. Cheers, Thank Stuart. You. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Right. That's the end of episode 26. I hope you enjoyed Stuart's story. And if you want to follow Stuart, you can find him on Instagram at blue triathlete. And as I say to all the age groupers that have been on the show, I'll be watching them, um, see how they're getting on and keeping in touch over um, multimedia, usually Instagram. That seems to be where it's easier to, to keep in touch. Um, so good luck with everything that you do, Stuart, in the future. And a big thank you to Dr. Pippa. Much appreciate for coming on and thank you for reaching out and um, we'll look forward to um, speaking about injuries and dealing with injuries and tips for coping with injuries and also exercise addiction and dependence in the next part um, on the next episode. Uh, so once again, a big thank you. And finally, a big thank you to you guys for listening. Um, would really appreciate if you went over to Apple Podcast. Uh, even if you don't listen to it on that platform, if you headed over there and left us a review and a big thumbs up, because that helps us um, lift our profile and we'll be able to reach out to more like-minded people. Um, so once again, big thank you. And if you want to get in touch, you can drop us an email at agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you're an age grouper and you want to come on, um, please get in touch uh, you can just message us on Instagram if you want to come on and share your story that would be fantastic um, you can also follow us on Instagram at amp underscore 1967 you can follow us on Facebook at AmpGB um, Twitter at Age Group Multisport Podcast and YouTube AmpGB um, so yeah that's it for another episode just remember stay safe keep training and love the process